Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny, welcoming you to the show. It is October 10th, 2018. We have podcast number 317. Our special guest is the man whisperer, dating coach and expert, and known very well in L.A., Laurel House. She's a real sweetheart, and she's going to be calling in in a few minutes. I can't wait to talk to her. Like, as always, we'll have a blast. And she is one of the best dating coaches out there. Her new website is manwhisperer.com. So welcome to the show. This is Guys Guys Radio, the place where when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. We talk about dating, relationships, wellness, spiritual seeking, entertainment, sports, anything that has to do with life, love, the pursuit of happiness, all through the lens of a guy's guy where it's casual confidence unassuming strength, seductive integrity, emotional intelligence, timeless style, and fun. Guys, guy, it's time for the guys, guys to rule now because man is going through a lot of changes. Men are going through a lot of changes now, and not a lot of guys know how to handle it. They feel like they're under siege. They're not. They feel like they're victims. They're not. They feel like the deck is stacked against them. It's not. This is the best time ever to be a man. There's never been a better time for, be, for men to be whoever they want to be. Yet it's never been less clear who men really are. So here we are on Guys Guys Radio offering guests with different ideas, different practices, different ways of living your best life. And that's what we do on Guys Guys Radio. We offer all of those to you, 317 shows to date. The audience keeps growing. Our guests are fantastic. We're booked through the end of 2018. I'm starting to get requests and fill them in for January. We're now doing two shows a week. It's going great. My blog is at robertmanny, M-A-N-N-I.com, or it's syndicated. You could check it out in different places. I am Ask the Guys Guy at Cupid's Pulse. Our, uh, our show is on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and if the platform is Blog Talk Radio. You can download any of our podcasts at any of those platforms. And if you want to support the show, I would ask you to do one or two things. Number one, this all started, this whole guys, guys movement started with my novel, the guys, guys, guide to love, which is a rom-com really about two men in advertising competing for love, sex, power, and money. It's been called the male sex male successor to sex in the city And it's also about love and there's a spiritual underpinning to the story. And it's all set in the crazy dysfunctional world of advertising in New York. And it's about two guys. So it's a peek under the tent for women to see how guys really roll in today's culture. And sometimes it's not pretty, but you know what? Ultimately it's not so bad. And I think men and women can get along. We need to do a lot more, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that are happening and then we'll get Laura's call and Laurel 
the number here if you want to call in and ask a question. Oh, I just saw it pop up. But if anybody wants to call in with a question, is three seven, excuse me, three four seven nine four five five eight three four. If you want to ask Laura, Laurel rather, excuse me, a question about men whispering, dating, online dating, creating a great first impression, how to break up, how to make a breakover, which is your makeover after a breakup and all kinds of things. So we'll get to her very shortly. Let's see what's happening here in New York City. As I always like to talk about the weather, forgive me, but it's just so weird here, the weather in New York. I've been here a long time and the weather gets crazier and crazier. It's like we have tropical weather. It's a couple of days, it's dark and humid. And then today the sun comes out and it's 80 degrees in mid-October, which we love. And now tomorrow it's gonna be raining and flash flooding, and then it's going to go down to the 50s. And that's just how we roll in New York City. Uh, but usually in the fall, it hasn't been like that. Historically, we've had the best months are September and October, and not this year. But hopefully we'll have a, uh, a manageable winter. But you know what? When people talk about the whole climate change and global warming and all of that, let's whether you believe it or not, let's just lay out a couple of facts. Ice caps are melting. There's no denying that that's measurable, they're melting, number one. As water, the oceans are heating up as a result. There's more water, water gets warmer. The warmer water melts the ice caps. Warm water expands. Hence, you're gonna have beach erosion, you're gonna have crazy weather, and that's what we're getting. So believe it or not, my only question is, and all the science comes out and says, climate change is happening and we need to do something about it. For anybody who denies it, all I can say is, what if you're wrong? You want to do nothing and just let it happen? You know, the economy is good right now, but that's not going to cure your problems when, you know, Miami is underwater. So anyhow, that's a little just something to chew on for you. For myself, what's happening? Okay, my beloved Yankees lost last night, and uh, they deserve to lose. They, they, they did not play good series against Boston. I like Aaron Boone as a manager, but I did not like the fact that he started CC Sabathia, um, who I think has seen better days. And it paid. It, it that's what exactly happened. He lasted, I think, three innings, three runs. It was not pretty. And then uh, the, the Yanks got within one run at the end, but they couldn't. Uh, that one that one run means a lot. And uh, Zach Britton uh, came in the, from the bullpen and he let up a home run, and that turned out to be the deciding run. So anyhow. They're going to have to retool. They've got a lot of money, and they're going to spend some of it this winter. So we'll see what happens. But the Red Sox and the Astros are fantastic teams. The Dodgers are fantastic. They're going to play, I believe they're going to play the Brewers, who's kind of the darling now, the Cinderella. So we'll see what happens. It should be a lot of fun. I'm going to give it a break, though, because I only have so much time to spend on sports. And uh, when my Yankees are out, I lose interest quickly, especially when two of our rivals, I don't like either of them, the Astros and Red Sox. Sorry, guys. That's just, uh, I'm sure you can relate to that. I just don't really enjoy watching those two teams, even though they're fantastic and they deserve to be in the championship series. Okay. Um, I actually am a Jets season ticket holder, and I'm going to the first Jets game of the year this this year. I've sold my tickets, and um, I've just, over the years, just, you know, it's like, come on. Come on, Jets. It's just the organization to me is not committed to winning. They do have a quarterback of the future in Sam Darnold, but 
it always turns into same old Jets. So we'll see what happens. They play Andrew Luck and the Colts, and they're going to celebrate their Super Bowl team from back in 1969 at halftime. So that should be fun to see some of the old timers elsewhere. Um, I have a five-year-old. I know Laurel, our guest, she's got a, a young young son also. And uh, it's interesting. My son, he's five. He goes to kindergarten. They give you a stack of homework all the time now. I don't remember. I don't remember homework in kindergarten. But anyhow, he reads at like a th- third grade level. He's like reading. He's, he brings books to bed with him. So it's a whole different ballgame now. And this generation now, I don't mean the millennials, but whatever, past Generation Z. I don't know what they call the toddlers right now, but I think they're special. And I think they see the world differently than we do. And I think they're going to make a huge difference. So it's it's wonderful. And I loved watching them interact with each other. Um, I think it's great. I just have a feeling that they're, they're a special generation. So we'll see what happens. Um, elsewhere, the hurricane, devastating. As I was talking about the weather hitting the uh, Mississippi, Alabama area. I guess that's the panhandle the, on the west side of uh, Florida. Horrible. So let's uh, send some positive energy to people there, and hopefully that uh, Hurricane Michael will break up and not cause too much devastation. Uh, it's hit land, and apparently it's really doing a number. So let's uh, think about those people and send them our positive energy, and hopefully the government will will get behind them and. Uh, do some rebuilding as soon as this is over. Um, a star is born. Um, I've heard such wonderful things about this movie. My wife went to see it the other day. Uh, I did a little swap where I took care of my son one day over the weekend and she took care of him the other day. And, um, she, I said, go ahead, go, go out. And she went to see, she went in the morning to see stars born in one of those Dolby, Dolby theaters. And she said, the movie itself was terrific. And Bradley Cooper was terrific. And Lady Gaga was terrific. She said, the only thing, that she wasn't crazy about were the actual songs. I know Bradley Cooper wrote the songs. She said, probably he directed, he acted, he sang, probably should have turned over the songwriting duties to some pros. Um, But I don't know. I haven't seen it, but um, I think it's going to be up for a lot of awards. I was listening to some of the soundtrack on iTunes. I have to say I wasn't blown away, Um, but I haven't seen the movie yet. So I'm going to hold my judgment on that. I don't know what, the big films are going to be this year for the awards, but this is the season when all the seems like a lot of the good movies come out. Um, I've been reading about Amazon a lot. They're thinking about somebody suggested breaking them up. And you know what? It's interesting. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt broke up the railroads way back when sometimes companies just get too, too big. I love Amazon for movies, for prime, for food deliveries, for just about every, for my points on my credit card. I mean, but they're getting accumulating so much money that even with their, they just gave all their workers uh, $15 minimum wage uh, wages, which is a kind of a big deal that a big company like that finally doing that. Some people say they did it to up the ante on other companies who can't afford to do that. <clears throat> so it was kind of self-serving. Bottom line is at least they did that, but they're starting to uh, overtake everything. They're getting into, you know, I'd like to see him get into healthcare. That was talked about, but they're going to get into space travel and they're going to probably surpass Netflix in terms of uh, entertainment production and any item you want to buy, no matter what it is, you know, they're setting the price. So think about that. Should they be broken up or should pre-enterprise just let them continue to just steamroll everything 
And think about that when you have like 1% of the population owns 99% of the wealth in this country and also around the world. Is that a good thing? Think about it. It's up to you. Okay. Um, we're going to take a very quick break, and then we're going to bring our special guest, Laurel House, the man whisperer, out. And I can't wait to get started. So while we're waiting, let's have our friend tell us what you're listening to. You're listening to the Guys Guy Radio. All right. Welcome back to the show, Guys Guys Radio. That was a, a, a dating uh, coach, Raika Yagami, who is also an opera singer in San Francisco, and she was kind enough. She sang me off on one show, and I said, that's fantastic. Can we do something with that? And she was like, sure. And uh, she recorded that for me, and I love it. So it's, it's a little fun, too. The music, by the way, that uh, starts and ends our show is by a band called Noba, led by uh, a former colleague of mine, Dave Basiri. So I always like to do a shout-out now and then say thank you for that tune. It's called Uninspired which is uh, kind of ironic because I find it a very inspiring, upbeat song. But anyhow, here we are on Guys Guys Radio. Let's talk about our special guest. I love having Laurel House on the show. She's articulate, she's fun, she's smart, and she's a top-tier dating coach, five times published author, international celebrity dating relationship empowerment and performance coach, and she is now known as the Man Whisperer. And we'll get into what that is exactly and how she rolls. She has a no-game style. Screw the rules and focuses on authenticity and truth. And also, she's very nice. It's not like anything that's acerbic or anything. She's cool. Laurel has given her guidance to over 500 media outlets, uh, including Dating Coach on E! Network's Famously Single, as well as on Access Hollywood, ABC's Nightline, Good Morning America, The Today Show, KTLA Morning News, uh, on and on. You can listen to her advice every week. She's got her own podcast called Man Whisperer, a new one on iTunes. And uh, I'm going to be her guest tomorrow. I don't know if it's going to air tomorrow or not, but I'm going to be her guest. So I'm excited to have her come out and talk about man whispering and relationships and everything else related to Guys Guys Radio. So let's bring her out right now. Hello, Laurel. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. Hello. Thank you. (laughs) So how old is your little guy? (laughs) He's three and a half. He's in preschool. And Uh he also has homework. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It is. But it's actually, it's, I think the reason why they do it is because it gets them excited about the idea of homework at an early age. So my son actually gets, he, he runs over to me with his homework and he wants to do it immediately. And it makes it so that homework is fun as opposed to, you know, later on when it's, uh, a burden. Drudgery. So good, good mental uh, training. Uh, and it's so much exactly. fun. Uh, and I, I was reading about, you know, uh, in your bio about uh, how much you're getting out of the relationship between you and your son. It's interesting. My wife, I was like, I was seeing my wife and every, every word you, you wrote and myself also, but I could see my wife even more about the special bond. And there is a special bond yeah. between a son and a mom at that age. And I'm still, you know, my son number two and I'm kind of like bad cop I figure well I'm gonna I'm gonna just take that role you know if if I pick him up at school he hasn't had his lunch I hold that cookie back if he's eating his lunch and you know when they get to kindergarten it's a whole different thing Laurel what happens is they go to kindergarten and instead of they don't get any help with anything so you have to take care of your book bag you have to take care of your jacket 
you have to take care of your, you go to the cafeteria and then you have to decide you're going to eat stuff. They serve you lunch. If you bring a lunch and we give my son some type of healthy lunch, even though some of the stuff they have is healthy, but um, you know, we give him lunch. And like today I picked him up. Did you eat your lunch? Like we did a pinky promise and he picks up the bag and the whole cheese sandwich, this uh, commune uh, <laughs> cheese, some expensive cheese. It's delicious. Uh, out of the bag and all over the floor. So he picks it up and is like, see, Here's the thing. I'm like, no, no, no. He's supposed to eat it. Uh, He's got his entire shirt covered with chocolate milk, like again. And uh, so we we walked home and I explained to him, uh, you know what, uh, you know, about the importance of eating lunch if you want to grow big and strong. And uh, he's like, I was distracted. Well, I think I think that I am both the good cop and the bad cop. <laughs> I'm the one who's the enforcer. I'm the one who is tough. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like it's it's a good thing actually. But he also yeah. has a lot of respect for me, and he loves me, and I love him, and mm-hmm. we have our many snuggle hours. But we still, you know, I definitely set the rules, and I expect for him to follow them. And I mean, he's only three and a half, but it's but still, it is creating structure, yeah. and I see how much he responds to structure, and how mm-hmm. important that is for him, and that keeps me going. Yeah. Well, what's uh, what I noticed as the, as the man in the relationship, and then we'll we'll move on. Is that at about three and a half, everything changes, and in a really good way if you're a dad, because then you can start to have conversations and bond in a different way. Because yeah. at the beginning, you know, with the toddler and all that, it's all mommy, mommy, and then it starts to be there's some rationale and logic and all of that, and, you, and, and it becomes yeah. more and more fun. Uh, but of course, Definitely. every stage of parenting that you think you're like, okay, I got it now. Well, then the kid changes again. So, <laughs> and my, my wife is like, oh, I got to keep doing this because at a certain point, he's not going to want me to come near him. He's going to not talk to me. I'm like, oh, don't worry about it. I think, I think that bond can continue. Um, yeah. you know, it'll change, it'll shift, but whatever. Yeah, it so, all, it's constantly evolving. So, so listen, yeah, I'm so but glad I'm, you're I, back. I, what's interesting is because I am a dating coach, obviously, and um, as we're going to be talking about a lot, and he, I, I coach from home, so I take my clients on the phone or video Skype, so he has grown up, and you know, I was a single mom when he was born, and so he was around me all of the time, okay. and he heard a lot of my coaching, and, and so the other day, he came home, and he said, Mommy, I am the boyfriend of Ava. and and he's teaching him young and that's that's a lot of it and that's I mean it's it is and man whispering also is going into you first it's before you can whisper someone else and understand what someone else is thinking you need to understand what you are thinking and have clarity on yourself um so Okay, yeah, perfect we'll segue. Because we'll let's talk about that. that. Let's talk about man whispering. <laughs> yeah. Because I think one of the issues I want I want to get you first of all I want to get your overview on is anything in your uh, purview has changed in terms of what's going on with uh, datings and millennials and even people younger than that and and boomers and GXers. Has the dating landscape changed at all over the last year? Number one and number two, um, I I've noticed and I'm right with you on the man whispering that one of the big issues is what people don't take the time to know who they are, what their values are and what they want and what they can offer before they start yeah. dating. And they start wasting yeah. a lot of people's time by learning on the fly. And I think working with somebody yeah. like you, a coach like you can really save them a lot of time and money and heartache uh, by having some type of focus and self 
sense of self-awareness. So why don't you start yeah. with what's happening with dating and then get into the importance of no, man whispering. What is it knowing people having, helping people know who they are? So in terms of dating and how it's shifted, I would say that, that the younger generations are more into slow dating than fast dating. Even though there are all of the dating apps, they still, you know, they'll, they'll date on the apps for fun, but they are taking their time when it comes to getting married, getting into that serious monogamous relationship, really giving of themselves to the other person because millennials seem to be spending, putting more effort and energy into themselves into yes. developing their careers, into yes. understanding who they are, into traveling, yes. into exploring, into having fun. And that could be fun with, you know, someone who they're romantically interested in, but it's still, it's still not in a space where they're ready to have that commitment, whereas the older generations had the models from their, their parents of getting married young and sort of quickly going into that. So that's definitely a shift. My clients, though, range, range from the age of 22 to 75. And, wow. And I see a lot of consistency in terms of what their issues are. And, and it's generally that they don't know who they are. They don't know their core values. They don't know, as you said, what they bring to the table uh, they don't know what they actually need in a relationship as opposed to what they want in a relationship. They don't know what, what love actually is or what it feels like. They don't, they don't, they have a hard time really identifying that. And really they have a hard time communicating. So it is that communication piece of even if someone does know who they are, they don't know how to communicate who they are. Oh, I have a 73 year old client who has been married and divorced twice and he has a ton of energy and life and wants to find love. And in talking to me, he realized that he never voiced his needs in a relation in his marriages. And he never really asked what his wives really needed. So they were both interacting with each other based on what they thought the other wanted and stories that they were making up in their minds, not based on truth. And that's why they weren't ever able to have that real deep love that endured and they were never happy. It was individuals living out individual lives, doing what they thought they should, but not what the other person actually wanted. So in working together, he, start, he met someone who was great he really, truly, deeply felt loved. He felt seen. He felt all of these things that he had never thought he could. And that was hmm. an exciting thing. Let's, let's talk about um, that. You made an interesting yeah. point, Laurel, on communication, that that seems to be a big factor, that people, they could become self-aware and they know how to manage their tech and they know how to manage their business and all of that, but they have uh, trouble communicating. I'm assuming that this is like face-to-face -face communication. And um, let me just... Uh, talk, talk about that a little bit. It's like, seems like the millennials, particularly, they're very comfortable texting back and forth. They don't answer the phone. The emails, uh, you know, take a while to get a response. If you want to get a millennial, you text them. So go, starting with the apps, they're going to go out on dates. They're going to text back and forth. But, you know, you have to be able to communicate. Fair. If you're going to have a relationship, 
you want to make a connection, let's call it that, that can turn into a relationship. It's going to have to be done face to face. Ultimately, back in the day, you had to walk up to a lady in a bar and say, hi, my name is Robert and start a conversation, break the ice. And uh, as painful as it was, it was good training. I'm not sure if the young bucks today uh, have that uh, in their DNA because they haven't had to up that part of the game. Do you see that as part of this whole communication issue? You know, the, the thing that's interesting is that, number one, it's not only millennials who are texting. It's, um, it really is, yes, it's more of the millennials who are texting, but it really is all ages. It depends on the individual. I have clients who are in their 50s, and they'll say, God, this guy only texts me, and he won't have a call, and I really need to have a phone call with him. Why can't he have a call? And it's just, it really is individual preference and style. Um, I know it's so easy to make those sweeping generalizations, and I know how right. frustrating it is. I myself, I'm 41, and I am a texter. And it's not because I don't understand and appreciate the importance of having a phone call. It's because I'm on the phone all day long with my clients. And when I'm not on the phone with my clients, I'm with my son. And so if I'm communicating with someone, Right. Carving out that time to have a phone call, I, like, okay, we'll do it in three weeks when I can put it on my calendar. <laughs> but right. if I right. want to actually communicate with you in the immediate, it's going to be on, it's going to be over text. And where other people might get unbelievably, I've actually lost friendships because of that, because I've had friends who are the same age and some that have even been younger who have said, look, I need to talk to you on the phone. That's how I need to connect. And it's, you know, I'm sorry, we have different communication styles and I, I can, you know, I, I, it just mm -hmm. doesn't work for me. <laughs> so, right, well, so that's one thing. The other thing so is that in terms of connecting, you have mm -hmm. to start connecting from go. So if you're meeting someone online, you need to ask real substantive questions, have real substantive conversations that help you to pre-qualify and therefore disqualify the wrong people before you actually meet in person. Yes, meeting in person is very important and will give you a lot of information and much more information than you would receive over texting and over the phone. But the way that it starts, and it is very strategic and specific, is a very well laid out profile, very good communication over the app or, or online, having a phone date that's a one-hour phone date before the actual date, even if you're not a phone person, even if you're a texter, this is a date, so you're going to make time for it, you're going to put it on the calendar, you're going to show up at the right time, and then if you have a good phone date, then you have a real date. So you're, from the very beginning, you are starting with very clear, connected, real, authentic conversation. Mm-hmm. No, I like that a lot. Um, and I am all for, uh, when I was online dating, um, I have a, had a kind of a methodology where you quick back and forth a couple of times, ask a question, an open-ended question based on what I read in the profile, get a response, respond, then send my digits. And then ultimately, invariably, if the woman was interested, she sent me her number because she wanted me to make the call. But at least I led with my number showing, here's who I am, here's my information, you can Google me or whatever. And uh, then uh, we would always have a quick phone call. I didn't do it as an hour date, but I like that concept and I want to hear more about it. And then we would, if, it, if the energy, I looked at it as an energetic exchange because when you hear somebody's mm -hmm. voice, things change uh, for the better yeah. or sometimes not for the better. And it could be time to cut it off like, oops, no, this doesn't feel right. Or like, yeah, 
let's keep going. And then you meet and you meet for a short day to drink or beverage or whatever. And then if it goes well, maybe you have a second one, some appetizers and it goes really well. Well, anything could happen. But, um, you know, it's a it's a process. That said, when my wife got online, she went on match for a three day trial and she winked at me and I winked back. I know I wrote back to her based on her profile, uh, because it's not, I think it's ridiculous for men to like wink. And, um, and then she wrote me a little note and I wrote her back a note. I said, let's have a phone call. And she's like, no, let's just meet. And I'm like, no, let's have a phone call. And she's like, no, we don't need a phone call. And I'm like, but my rule thinking to myself, my rule is I have to have a phone call. And I said, you know what? I just made up these rules. This feels right. I'm going to just meet her. And here we are eight years later (laughs) with five years. Yeah. I mean, everything works differently for each person. Yeah. yeah, you do need to be open, you do need to be flexible and, and situational, and you also de- need to go into it with a initial basic structure and rules that you're going to try and follow, and case by case, if you feel occasionally it makes sense to break those rules, great. What you don't want to do at the very beginning is do what I call text-style communication. So mm-hmm. it's, hey, how are you? Good, how are you? What are you up to? Not much. Like, oh, my God, it is so boring. No one cares. So instead, right. you need to ask a real question that you'd actually want to respond to as your mm-hmm. icebreaker. You know, what one thing made you smile in the last three days that you can't stop thinking about? As for me, it was blank. Or um, meeting over apps, uh, over an app or online is awkward. So what if I just break through the ice and ask you a random question? What are the three apps? that you use on your phone most often, not including Match or whatever the dating one is. I use I like that. Uh, Words with Friends because I'm, I was, I'm a little bit of a word geek and I was an English major in college and Instacart because I'm lazy and I like all of my food delivered to me and something else. So like it's, it's actually right? revealing. Yeah, you want to have real conversation and then you're not just going to say, here's my number. You're going to say, I'm really enjoying this conversation. I'd love to, or if she asks you several questions, it's, wow, I really want to answer all these questions. I feel like I need more time and space than just over text. How about having a phone date? Does tonight at 7 o'clock work or tomorrow night at 8 o'clock? If those don't work, what works for you? So it is formalizing it. And the reason Mm -hmm. why you want to formalize it is because apps are so casual that it's easy to get caught up in casual dating because of the platform. And you don't want the platform to to dictate your style or else you get into it. Well, I don't know if we're dating. I think we're just kind of hanging out. And that's not what you want. You want to formalize it. No, I love that. Uh, now, when you suggest the phone call, you call it a phone date. Do you actually recommend that the uh, that your clients uh, say phone date? Phone date. But it doesn't Absolutely. matter. Absolutely. And date. the reason is this. Yeah, because it takes the other person off guard. Instead of, okay. hey, let's have a quick call, a phone date. Oh, okay. This feels more serious. This feels more real. And a date, you show up at a certain time. It's not, hey, I'll call you tonight at some point. That's why a lot of people don't like talking on the phone because I'm going to call you tonight or I'll call you at some random time. Well, what if I'm eating dinner? What if I am right. working still? Right. What if right. I am playing with my son or doing whatever? And then you get into a, or you answer the phone, you try and have a conversation, but you're rushed and you're distracted. And you're not presenting your best self. Right. So right. it's 
that is not what you want to do. You want to be prepared. You want to be focused. You want to be ready to give your attention to the person on that phone call, which is why it's a phone date. Mm-hmm. Um, do you uh, take this the right serious. way? For some yes. people, okay. I mean, you're sharp and you're clever. Uh, when you throw out like, what's the last thing that made you smile uh, or laugh out loud? Some people um, feel that, uh, could some people feel like when you get a question like that, it's like a loaded question. And if you're a guy, and I've been on the, uh, the, the receiving side of some of that stuff, you feel like, oh, no. Not the not the interview. This is like this is a challenge now. Now I'm being challenged. It's not an organic conversation. If, yeah. if you could take it the wrong way, I'm not saying it is sure. bad. I, I actually like the question a lot. But do you, some of your clients say, you know, when I did that, the you know, the guy kind of froze up or whatever, or what, or got on the defensive? Yeah. Or- so so first first you want to be the example of your expectations. So you always want to model what you want mirrored back, which means I'll say, as for me. Yesterday, okay. I was putting my son's shoes on, and I was forcing his foot in his shoe, and he was pushing back and screaming, but we relate. And suddenly, he grabs the shoe, and he's yelling, dolphin, dolphin, and I don't know what he's talking about. And he pulls this plastic dolphin out of his shoe, and he put it in there last <laughs> week, and he remembered, and I started cracking up, and he was cracking up, and suddenly, I didn't feel like I was in a rush anymore. So mm-hmm. it's, it's those, by being the example of my expectation, I'm now saying, yep. see, this is the kind of story I'm expecting from you, as mm-hmm. opposed to just tell me what makes you smile, you know? Yeah, so I'm great. showing you that something fun, something cute, and you just learned about me, you learned that I have a young child, that, you know, I'm, I, was, exactly. that I rush around sometimes, that I can create, have levity in a moment. So you've just learned about me, and that's what I want you to do back, and that's why you're always the example of the expectation. Now, someone might say, you know, I have no idea. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, thank you for showing me that you really aren't interested in putting the time and effort into answering this. And so because of that, I don't want to continue talking to you, actually, because relationships take effort. And if you can't even answer one question, then what does that say? So Uh, it is, for me, that's almost Mm -hmm. a deal breaker. Okay. Um, now the, the list, um, you've heard and been asked about this a million times, but it's still, it's still an issue where there's, you know, uh, the old saying is like the longer somebody's single, the longer their list can get. And a lot of times for guys, it's like three things. And, uh, for a lot of times for women, it's 30 things. How do you, and there has to be some, there has to be some must have, which is understandable. How do you, how do you manage that process where maybe the guy needs to have a few more, and the, the women need to have a few less. Well, actually, the, there is a big problem with the list, and that is that it is a list of wants, not needs. There's a mm-hmm. difference between wants and needs. Oftentimes, your list of wants is what your ex wasn't, what two exes ago was, <laughs> what, you know, it's all based on what your, your sister's boyfriend does. It's based on that, as opposed to what you actually need. So the list that I have with my clients that we go over on our first session is a list of 35 needs, 35, because every single one of these things are actually needs in a relationship. Some of them can bleed over, but these are needs like safe, sexy scene, communication, Mm -hmm. shows up, mutual adoration, admiration, independence, uh, integrity, 
honesty, communication, inspiration, trust, vulnerability, respect, partnership, financial security, um, makes me feel like a priority. All of these things are, in fact, actual needs, and they're associated with feelings. Because at the end of the day, it's how you feel in a relationship, right. not what your partner looks like. So right. once you go through these lists, this list of needs, you start to realize that, oh, yeah, if one of these things was missing, it really would be a problem. And you can determine and extract the potential of someone satisfying these needs for you on the first date based on conversations. What this also does is something that you said at the very beginning of our call is that people start dating without knowing what they bring to the table and who they are. So in going over this list of needs, I then reflect it back onto my client and say, all right, you want someone who's confident and honest and kind and vulnerable and trusting and inspires you and is admirable and all of these things. Well, are you, do you show mm -hmm. up as that person? Do you show up as someone who is who lets your date feel truly seen for who they are? Do you drop your guard? Do you talk about what makes you respectable and admirable? Do you show your passion? Do you make your date feel like a priority? And as we go through this list of needs, putting it back on my client, oftentimes the answer is no for a lot of these. And that's where they need to start to look at themselves and realize, oh, yeah, I am not being the example of my expectation. No wonder I'm attracting in people who are flaky, who are just in it for fun, who aren't ready to commit, because that's how I'm presenting myself to be. I, I always found, Laurel, that when I dated, uh, when I would find out that I was the first person somebody had met through online dating that it would never work and and every situation except with my wife that was the case and I would always roll my eyes and like oh no because now I'm this person's just feeling they've got their toe in the water so and they're a newbie so how do you but it can work out and I'm a living example so how do you uh, advise your clients on how to manage the, the meeting a newbie uh, and qualifying them and maybe turning that into something or knowing when to shut it down? Well, that's having real substantive conversations on the first date that include things like, what is it that you're looking for? Are you in a place where you're really ready to be in a relationship? Tell me about your last relationship. When did it end? Uh, how long were you together? What happened? Do you feel, what have you done since then in order to get out from under it, over it, and move on from it. So, and you're not going to ask them direct questions like that. These are going to be in conversation form. So, again, be the example of your expectation. You're going to talk a little bit about your story. You know, this is what happened to me, and I know it's hard being new back online. And when I was back online, it was because I had just gotten out of this relationship with my ex, and it ended five days before, and I really wasn't mm -hmm. ready, but whatever. And what about you? When did you get out of your last relationship? So in doing that, by being the example of your expectation, you're creating an environment of safety and trust and showing them what the expectation is. So because you just stated, you know, I got, I started dating after five days of being broken up. You're sort of allowing them to be honest also. Yeah, I just broke up with my boyfriend yesterday. So you have now given them permission to fly their red flag. So have these conversations. Don't then 
saturate in the breakup. Don't saturate in negativity, but you do want to tap into it. And it is, as I always say, specific and strategic, how you tell these stories, because these are stories. That's what conversation is. That's what the best conversation is. The most revealing and connected conversation is storytelling conversation, where you're both telling stories. And from that, you're going to extract a lot of the person's purpose. And make sure you talk about what are you looking for? Are you in a place where you're ready to find that relationship? And if you do find that relationship, do you want to get married? Do you want to have children? You know, what, what does that look and feel like to you? Don't be afraid to ask those questions, but make sure that you share your answer first. It is important to have those conversations, though, on the first date instead of the fifth date, because you don't want to go on five dates only to find out that this person is just sort of playing the field, has absolutely zero interest in a relationship, and their heart is closed, and they're just trying to get over their ex, and you are very much ready, you've done the work, and you want something real, because now it's just a waste of both of your time. So um, when you say that finding that ferreting that information out, like about do you want to have kids and all that, is that yes. something that you advise uh, surfacing during the phone first phone date or the first in-person date? You know, it really depends. If you're able to have a serious conversation on the phone and you're really able to dig into who you are, which I would hope you would do since it is an, a one-hour phone date, then, yeah, have that on the phone. If it doesn't feel right on the phone, then maybe you'll tap into it a little bit and then definitely dig into it on the phone. So, for example, I've been out with people who have said, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to have kids. Yeah, I, you know. I haven't really thought about it, but I guess if I meet the right person, then yeah, maybe I'll have another kid because their kids are grown. So on the date, I'll say, you know, you mentioned on the phone that you'd like to have maybe another kid if it was the right person, but you haven't really thought about it. So what does that mean to you? Because for me, having another child is very important to me. And, you know, I, I know that that's something that I want to do. And I, I understand yep. with you having grown kids that maybe you wouldn't want to do it. And, you know, considering mm -hmm. what it takes to raise a child and the time and the energy. So what do you think? And then after I say some of the negatives of having children, they'll probably be a little bit more honest as to if they do or not. If they don't, then it's say, you know, thank you for being honest with me. I really, really appreciate you letting me know how you feel. We're not on the same pages, though, so I don't think it makes sense for us to continue dating. Okay. So let's say uh, they, they have that first conversation. I'm going to say the woman is your client and she's gone through the process and she does her pre-qualifying on the phone and seems like, okay, next step. At the end of the call, because uh, I'm sure the guy, is, he's been asked all these questions, even with the, you know, the woman responding first, he's going to be, you know, feels like he's probably been like, whoa, this, I, I really have to be on point for this lady, which is not a bad thing at all, by the way. Um, right. Yeah. So the call's winding down and he hasn't said, let's get together because he's probably like, oh, my gosh, I have to really be on it for this. And he hasn't had time to think about, OK, now I got to decide on next steps. She senses that. What do you advise her to do? You know, oftentimes I'll talk to my male clients because right now about 70% of my clients are male. And, oh, okay. I'll, and that always fluctuates, but that's what it is right now. And I'll talk to my male clients after a good date and say, how was it? And they're like, it was really good. And I say, great, did you set up another one? No. Did you text <laughs> her after and say that you had a good time? No. No. 
okay, did she text you? Um, well, kind of. Did you respond? <laughs> yeah, I said, have a good day. And I'm like, no next steps? No, let's go out again? No forward motion? And I don't know what to say. And I okay, well, you almost killed it. So let's resurrect it right now and ask her on a date. <laughs> so yes, it's always about next steps. And most people are so afraid to say it. They just, they don't know how. So if you're my client and you're a woman and you're on the date, at the end of the date, it's okay to say, you know, and really, if you want to go on another date, then it's, it's, I would say, you know, I'm really enjoying this and I'd love to see you again. So what you're doing is opening the door saying, hey, you asked me out, I'm going to say yes. As opposed cool. to this was really great. Do you want to go out next week? I love it. Because I love you still it. want the man to be the man. I believe in gender roles. I believe in chivalry. And I want him to do the asking out. But yes. men are, Good. as you know, so often, you know, they have the pressure. They're re- rejected all of the time. They don't want to be rejected again. So make it easy on them. Let them know that your answer is yes in case he asks. <laughs> that's great. I love that. That's perfect advice, Laurel. Um, you also talk about something that's provocative, and I love it because I hadn't heard it before, and it makes perfect sense. And that is a, uh, a little bit different subject, but a breakover, a post-breakup makeover. So I'm assuming yeah. that's more female-skewed yet. It could be for men also because men can kind of slob out if things aren't going well. It's actually both for men and women. And, in fact, okay. again, 70% of my clients are men. And the reason is because they see one of my YouTube videos um, getting back with an ex to how to, um, 10 mistakes I made that you shouldn't. So I have mm-hmm. so many men who come to me based on my YouTube breakup videos because they're floundering. They don't know what to do. They're heartbroken. They know they screwed up, um, whatever it is. So a breakover is a 12-step strategy that includes first finding your confidence in your decision so if it's your decision to break up with them or they broke up with you, it's finding the confidence and the reason within that breakup. The second is unhooking your heart. So how to do that unhook. Then realize the reality of the relationship instead of the fairy tale la-la land. Number four, bummers with benefits. What did you learn from the breakup? Number five, don't forget why it ended. Number six, find, redefine, reclaim yourself. Number seven, would you date yourself? Number eight, find happiness in yourself because most people actually aren't happy alone. They're always looking for happy within someone else. Number nine, go out and online. Number 10, flirt, feel confident again. Number 11, renew you, get a life, refresh your look, feel and look sexy and strong. And number 12, start dating. So those are the steps. And obviously, there's a lot that goes into each step, but that is what a breakover is. So I have clients who come to me. They don't know what to do. They're questioning their decision. They think that they may have screwed up. And I help them to get out from under over and move on from the relationship so that they can then start dating again and find someone who's better for them. Wow. That's fantastic. Oh, you really nailed it. Um, so if, if things aren't <laughs> and, and going well. And also, you know, sometimes it's a toxic relationship. Sometimes it's an, yeah. it's an abusive relationship, physically or emotionally. Sometimes it's just an eh relationship. Sometimes it's a relationship where you love each other so much, but you're not right for each other. Your core mm-hmm. values don't align or are not respected. Your lifestyle doesn't align or is not respected. The way that you parent is not aligned or respected. So it's it, your communication styles 
don't align. One of you has an aggressive style. One of you has a, a calmer style, and they don't align. And unfortunately, those big things actually can break up relationships where there's still a lot of love. And it's getting to a place of having that understanding, which is why the fine confidence in your decision or the outcome, it's, look, you know, I do love him or her, and I really miss them. But the reality is they didn't line up with my core values. And I cannot be with someone who doesn't respect my values. I am not going to fold. Well, what are my values? Well, ah, I don't know. So then I help my clients to figure out what their values are, which helps them to get confidence in those values. So then they're able to say, okay, I'm okay that we broke up because we don't work. And that's what you need to get to at the end of the day. It's not suppressing your feelings. It's not, you know, just getting over it it or redirecting. You know, there's a song uh, called New Rules where it's um, you're not going to get over someone by getting under someone else. And mm -hmm. so you're not going to redirect. You don't want to do all those things. You do want to get to a place of confidence in the reality so that you can move forward. And that's what I help my clients to do. Oh, fabulous. Um, so the actual art of, is there an art to breaking up in a way that doesn't, uh, that spares the other person's feelings and also gets the job done? Because it's a very tricky absolutely. thing. Because uh, some yeah, people, you know, absolutely. people don't like rejection and there's a self-esteem issue throughout our culture right now anyway. Um, how do you advise your clients in terms of handling breaking up with somebody or getting broken up with? It's actually interesting. So you are, you are going to be recording a podcast with me tomorrow, but the podcast that's airing on Man Whisperer tomorrow is when is it time to break up and how to okay. prepare for a breakup. So tomorrow on Man Whisperer, it's all about that. Um, but a little bit of it is in, unless it is a toxic, abusive relationship and you need to get out right now then there are some steps that you can take in order to prep for the breakup and not just prep yourself, but prep your partner. And that is, if you feel like, you know, if we go back to your list of 35 needs and we feel like some of those needs aren't being met, you don't feel emotionally or financially safe. You don't feel respected. You don't feel heard. You don't feel like a partner. Well, then you're going to have a conversation with your partner about what those things are and what that means. Maybe they don't, know what a partner means to you. And maybe that's why they've never made you feel like a partner because you have def different definitions of what a partner is. So you can't really get angry at them or break up with them for something that they didn't have clarity around. So it's having the conversations about those needs. And when you look at that list of 35 needs, that will give you clarity about what is weak within your relationship. So it's not just a, oh, things aren't working and I don't know why, but it's, oh, okay, I'm looking through these 35 needs, and now I see these four things are not being satisfied. Ah, okay, that's why I have clarity around it. I can address these very specifically and strategically. These are the issues. How do you think that you can address them? How can we fix them? Because I love you, I love us, but these things just aren't being satisfied. So what can we do? Do you have any ideas? And if your partner's like, nope, no ideas, don't care, don't want to do this, I'm not showing you respect because I don't respect you, then all right, the relationship's over. But if they say, yes, give me a chance, I do respect you, I'm sorry I'm not showing it, you know, I want to, let's, let's put the time in, then you both need to honestly put in the effort and time and give it a couple of months. And if in a couple of months things don't change, well, then you have the breakup talk. 
but at least at first you had a real honest, loving conversation about mm-hmm. what's going on. Yeah, that's good because uh, a lot of times, particularly with men, they're not very good mind readers and women assume that they know that be, that they articulated in their own way things that were troubling them about the relationships, yet it, it, nothing seems to have sunk, sunken in. And with guys, yeah. a lot of times they have to hear it incredibly clearly. They, they don't really um, they don't really define the subtext. And then what happens is they get blindsided and uh, they get right. hurt. And it happens all yeah. the time. I've been, a, I don't want to say victim of it because I don't consider myself a victim, but I've been on the receiving side of that and deservedly so a few times, but that's just how it is. So I think this, it actually inspired my working on my, uh, my novel, uh, The Guys, Guys, Guys to Love, because I felt there was such a communication chasm between men and women. And actually, since the yeah. novel came out, I think it's wider and deeper with everything going on in our culture. So uh, yeah. let's end it on a fun note, Laurel. Um, <laughs> the, I, think, I think for our audience, you know, L.A. is a magical town. And I'm in New York, and when the, a lot of people have rules about dating here, we'll say, I'm not, I live in Manhattan, I'm not going to Brooklyn. Uh, and I'm forget New Jersey. That's like another state. And uh, they have to be within three subway stops. I've heard it. I've heard it all from people here. In, yes, in I have a ton of clients in, in New York. So That's I'm hilarious. very familiar and in New Jersey, actually. So I'm right. very familiar. So I yes. had the best of both worlds because I had a place down the Jersey Shore so I could date Jersey women. I said, yeah, come on down the shore. I had a, had a car down there and I had a place in the city. So I, you know, sometimes the Jersey people are a little more relaxed and, uh, you know, get a lot of type A go-getters in the city and sometimes the people in jersey are not quite as it's it's not quite as intense there let's face it so in la it's an industry town there's a lot of beautiful people and there's a lot of traffic it takes you 20 minutes just to go to ralph's minimal so a lot of people only want to date you live in santa monica you don't want to leave you're not going to go up to malibu for a date probably unless it's with a a celebrity or whatever How, how what's going on and how do you how do you how do you have to uh integrate that into your practice in terms of advising your clients? Because I'm sure you get a lot of people from Southern California. You know, actually, I don't have that many clients in Southern California. I have most of my clients are in other places in the world. Okay. Um, I, but I do have some clients in Southern California. and uh, It's a tough it dating is, market from what I've heard. You, you know, actually, it's not, it's not. It's actually a really easy market to date if you know how to do it. Again, strategy is really essential. Mm -hmm. So it's looking at all of the things that people view as negatives and transform them into positives. So bigger, better, more. Well, yeah, you're right. There is someone who's bigger, better, more, who has more money, who's prettier, who is more important or thinks they are just around the corner, literally probably sitting right next to you at at the next table at, at, at dinner. So instead it is putting out really who you are, presenting the things that make you admirable and respectable, the things that make you, the the quirks about you that really define you. So it's allowing yourself to have that deep understanding of who you are so that you can show who you are instead of having, inferring it or hoping that they find out. And this isn't about showing off or being ego driven. This is just about putting who you are out on the table and not being afraid of it, not being afraid to be unique, not being afraid to stand out and allowing that, that 
those idiosyncrasies to really shine. Mm -hmm. And it allows people to look at their so-called negativities and be confidently, vulnerably, unapologetically all about them instead of like, yeah, this is an issue and I'm going to hide it. And that's, that's one thing that's really important in LA. All right, cool. All right, so uh, we wow, the hour has sped by as usual with you, Laurel, and thank you, thank you so much. You're just absolutely fantastic. Tell our uh, listeners, if you would, about um, your new website, uh, the programs you have, your books, etc. So, Man Whisperer is the new podcast, and you can go to iTunes or anywhere where you find your podcast and listen. And it's myself and Robert Mack, who was a dating coach with me on Famously Single on E. And he, I call him the yin to my yang because I'm direct and focused and assertive, and he's loving and wonderful and kind. And we really dig into relationship dating, breakup, heartbreak everything issues, helpless confidence and insecurities and shame when it comes to dating. And it really helps to, if for people who don't have the opportunity to actually work with us as their coach, you can get a lot of coaching from the, from the, from Man Whisperer podcast. Um, you can go to my website, Man Whisperer or laurelhouse.com. You can go to my YouTube channel, Dating Laurel. You can find me on Instagram at Laurel House, where I have daily inspiration and motivation and some harsh reality checking tips and stuff too. Um, you can pick up my book, Screwing the Rules, The No Games Guide to Love, which is on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. Um, and yeah, that's, that's where you can find more information about me. Fantastic. Oh, you're the best, Laurel. And I'm so glad we stay in touch and that you uh, grace our show because you're just wonderful. I love the work you do and you have such a great personality and you're a cool person. And I can't wait for, uh, to get on your show tomorrow. So thanks so much for Thank being you. on Guys Radio. I know. I'm excited to talk And I'm looking forward to it. And, yes. And everyone's going to have to come on and listen to your episode on Man Whisperer. So that'll be fun, too, to hear to hear that side of it. <laughs> All right, cool. Okay, okay. so thank you, Laurel. Thank Everybody, you. Laurel House, the man whisperer, and um, we thank her for gracing us on uh, Guys Guys Radio. Okay, we're going to take a very quick break, and then we're going to wrap up, and uh, we'll tell you about our next show. The Guys Guys Radio. All right, we're running a little uh, late tonight, uh, Guys Guys Radio. Um, we had a great conversation with Laurel House, and as I mentioned, I will be on her show tomorrow. We're going to be back on Sunday, on usual time. This week we're on Monday and uh, Wednesday because of uh, Columbus Day for the long weekend. And I do my shows, I like to do them live. It's, it's a certain amount of energy uh, versus pre-record, um, though, although I did a lot of pre-records over the summer, and they're just fine. Uh, but it's good to pe- put people on the spot with the uh, with the live show. So we've got uh, Travis Smith. He's an author, and he wrote a, an interesting book about superheroes. So he's going to be on uh, and their relevance in today's society. And I think it's a good one for guys to listen to. So we're going to be back on Sunday, the 14th at 8 p.m. And um, I will get into then talk a little bit about millennials and how we touched on this with Laurel, uh, how millennials are kind of holding back on uh, they're kind of easing into dating and uh, waiting on marriage, yet they're taking marriage a little more seriously. The divorce rate of millennials is actually down 18% from uh, what the dating, uh, the relationship, uh, excuse me, the divorce rate was about a decade ago. So interesting stuff, and we'll get into that on Sunday. So thanks so much for listening to Guys Guys Radio, 
And uh, as I like to say it at the end of every podcast, and you can listen to us, of course, on iTunes, Stitcher, Block Talk Radio, and tune in. Thank you. And remember, guys, guys, finish first.